What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Browns cast. I'm your host, Kogs. Uh, let's dissect exactly what happened on Monday, what went terribly wrong, what the future looks like without Chubb, um, just the disaster that was the Cleveland Browns on Monday night against the disgusting Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. That performance all around, you know, the one thing that I feel good about is that when it was over and the Browns lost, it was okay going to sleep because it was like they deserved it. They deserved to lose all the mistakes, the fumbles, the interceptions, the lack of offense, Deshaun Watson thinking he's a dog out there by playing terribly and then getting personal foul face mask calls. Like if you were just having a sick game and you did that, that's awesome. Respect. But when you're playing terrible, absolutely awful, and you're getting personal fouls when that 15 yards really matters for the team, you lose respect of the fans. You lose respect of the dog pound. All right? Just all around, not a good performance, but the number one thing is Nick Chubb. You know what's crazy is when I was watching it, that play where Nick Chubb went down, could be his last play. We don't know. For some reason, the transmission of that channel, when that play happened, like went gray and I couldn't see it. So I came back after the play happened. It was like it was blocked off. Like the Lord did not want me to see that. Because Nick Chubb is the soul of the Cleveland Browns. I, it's been a while since I've seen a running back who just hands, you hand him the ball. And he just, all of a sudden, he comes out 10 yards later. Just every time. Every time. You hand it. It's like, why don't you just give it to him every single play? Every single play. But he can't handle it. He's Nick Chubb. He can handle it. You give him the ball. Nine yards. You give him the ball. Seven yards. You give him the ball. Twelve yards. Every time. It's unbelievable to watch. And now that he's out, the Browns really need to figure out and find a new identity, come together as a band of brothers, and do Perform this season in honor of Mr. Chubb, as Mike Tomlin says, Mr. Chubb. So we just signed Kareem Hunt one year up to $4 million, um, which is a, uh, you know, it's a good signing in the fact that he knows the offense, even though Stefanski says the offense is different this year. So, you know, he, he knows somewhat the team. He knows the facilities. He knows the coaching staff. Um, he'll be able to learn much faster. But don't forget, his last year, he dropped a full yard in his average yards per carry. Just dropped a full yard. He would average 4.6, 4.9 his rookie year. Then he, boom, dropped a 3.9. And he, if you watched him, it looked like he lost a step. Like he was too old. He just wasn't explosive. He wasn't explosive. You know, you see him in the shotgun, they hand it off, and he'd get tackled at the line of scrimmage. It was just like not explosive. Now he's got great hands, and he can catch the ball. And he has potential. But the question is, is he in great shape? Was he taking care of his body? And did he really lose a step? Or was he frustrated and upset with his playing time? I don't know. And then you look at Jerome Ford, who without that massive run, which was fantastic, and I'm not going to take that away from him, when he went one way and there was no one there, he went all the way back around uh, and basically got tackled on the one-yard line uh, with a decent block by Deshaun Watson, actually. Maybe his best play of the game because he had really no good plays um, or very few. Uh, he really only had like, what, like 15 carries for like 30, 40 yards outside of that. So yes, he averaged over six yards a carry, but you take that out and he was averaging like two, three yards a carry. Terrible. 
So Kareem Hunt's going to come in, help Ford out. Ford's going to, Stefanski said, Ford is going to be the starting running back. It'll be his job to lose. Will he hold on to it? Kareem Hunt now knows he can win that job. Like, he could be the guy. He was on the sidelines. He wanted a bigger role. That's why he didn't want to be with the Browns. Well, here's your chance, buddy boy. You tear it up. You become an assassin out there. You can, I mean, this could be your job. And we don't even know if Nick Chubb's coming back. I mean, prayers, we hope he is. By the way, uh, it's been reported that he's going to require two surgeries, uh, one within like the next 10 days, and then one a few weeks after that. This is how devastating this injury was. And if you watched it, you knew, you knew this could be the last time you see Nick Chubb on the field. Your leg just doesn't go in those opposite directions with the body. You know, I thought at first the hit, um, uh, by Minka Fitzpatrick was bad or uh, dirty, but you know, it didn't look like it. You can't really go up high on Nick Chubb because you just get bulldozed over because he's such a beast. And so you go low on the guy and you go at his knees and his legs. And this is what happens. So, you know, he's a professional. I don't think it would, I don't think any pro uh, wants to blow out knees of, um, of players and uh, ruin their careers. Uh, they actually like and respect each other, even though they want to win. Um, but the bad news and sad news for Nick Chubb is that his, uh, salary for next year is not guaranteed. So what are they going to do? I mean, what are they going to do? Are they going to give him the money? Kind of like an Andrew Luck style, uh, uh, package, or is he going to lose out on that? And maybe he never makes a dollar again from the NFL. Now I think he deserves that money, but it's a business and they can't just give out what $10 million, whatever it is. So watching that is going to be fascinating in the offseason, but we need to focus on now. And by the way, now having the early bye week is phenomenal. This is so good. It's the, we need a bye week early to regroup and figure out who we are, and that is what's happening, so that's good. So we got the Tennessee Titans coming up at home, Tennessee, you know, playing eh, eh, like so-so, like Maso Menos, you know, something like that. But they're coached by Vrabel. The defense doesn't mess around. They hit hard. They're aggressive. Um, they're strong. You know, they're, they're, they're a solid team, okay? Uh, so we need to regroup before that game on a short week and figure out who we want to be and if we want to honor Chubb the right way. Because against the Steelers, not only did we not honor Chubb, we disrespected Chubb. Chubb is just... His stomach is turning based on that performance. It was so bad. It was so bad. Let's go over some of the some of the stats and just how awful it was. But there's one thing to note, actually, which is very interesting, is that with Deshaun Watson, you know, let's just get into this part real quick. I find this fascinating. So it seems like to me that he holds the ball much longer than every other quarterback, and then he's more prone to sacks than any other quarterback. If you look at he was in Houston, he was really good. I mean, really good. You're talking in 2018, 4,100 yards, 26 TDs, nine interceptions, uh, five rushing touchdowns. 2019, 3,800 yards, 26 TDs, 12 picks, seven rushing touchdowns. 2020, 4,800 yards, uh, 33 touchdowns, only seven picks and three rushing touchdowns. I mean, unbelievable. Led the league in passing. I mean, always had a a significantly positive ratio in terms of touchdowns, interceptions. I mean, really a pro bowler. I mean, very incredible stats and completing 70% of his passes over the course of his career, 66% of his passes, you know, his rookie year, you know, half season, 61%, then 68, then 67, then 70. And the, and his touchdown interception ratio is incredible. 
and he would get 500 yards in addition to that on the ground and then run in for what five TDs. I mean, really a dog. And then obviously took Houston to the playoffs twice, won a playoff game, led them to an 11, five record, 10 and five record. I mean, he really changed the team. He's a really good. I mean, I think people don't understand how good he was, but he's not looking like that guy yet. But what's interesting is, is that it's true. Deshaun Watson is one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the NFL, and he always has been. In 2018, he got 62 sacks. The next year, he got 44 sacks and 49 sacks. That is one of the worst in the NFL. That's one of the highest amount of sacks for any quarterback in the NFL. In addition to that, he has fumbled a ton, right? His half season, three fumbles. And then from 2018 to 2020, it went nine fumbles, 10 fumbles eight fumbles. That's a lot of fumbles. So when it looks like he's getting sacked a lot, when it looks like he's fumbling a lot, that is part of his game. That is what he does. But he's supposed to just tear it up on the other end for 70% of his throws that should be completed, at least 4,500 yards passing, eight yards of pass, and then some ratio of like 30 to 10 touchdown to interception with a QB rating of definitely over 100. Definitely over 100. He averages 101.1 in his career. Um, so the guy's a dog, but he's not looking like it. And this is it. Like if he is not a dog this year, (laughs) I mean, there's no chance the Browns make that AFC championship and I'm going to have to change the outlook. Now losing Chubb is so massive and such a big deal. Um, I'm not ready to change the outlook yet on the Browns just because of losing Chubb. Yes. We go from the most prolific rushing offense to mid tier. But let's just, they deserve another week. They deserve another two weeks. Okay, we should see. But let's go over some of the stats of what happened in this game and just how awful it was. It was so nasty to watch. I mean, really, the defense, think about this. The offense of the Cleveland Browns let up more points than the defense of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Yes, you heard that right. The offense was responsible for giving up more points to the Pittsburgh Steelers than the defense, right? Fumble for a touchdown, pick for a touchdown, 14 points. And guess what? They scored 26. It's only 12 left for the D. So the offense is giving up more points than the defense. Now, there were many times it seemed like the Steelers were getting into a rhythm of exploiting the defense later in the game, of throwing it in like a cross route in the, in the middle, like 15, 20 yards past the line of scrimmage. In the middle of the field was our weakness, like where the safety should be. So something's going on with the defense where there's a guy open in the middle of the field often. That was a key component that I noticed. Did you notice that? So Deshaun Watson, end of the day, 22 of 40 for 235 yards, one touchdown, one interception, six sacks for 25 yards, and uh, a QB rating, uh, a rating of 70.3. Kenny Pickett, on the other hand, was 15 of 30 for 222, 7.4 yards of throw, one touchdown, one interception. His QB rating was 71. I mean, but Deshaun Watson just didn't look good. And like I said, Jerome Ford, I said on the pod before the game, that if Nick Chubb runs for a buck 20, you could book it. Well, nobody ran for a buck 20 and we lost. Okay. Now I should have said, if Nick Chubb breaks his leg, we're going to lose. And we did. Uh, Deshaun had some decent runs, but he holds that ball for far too long where he just gets sacked 
all the time. Okay. Get this right. It's just crazy. To me. It just seems like, but that is game. his style of play. So this is not new. Uh, Amari, I think Amari Cooper is the raw dog of the week. Amari Cooper played great when he was throwing the ball, whether it was when we were on our own, uh, basically goal line and it was third down and we threw it to the side and, and he just jumps, he turns around, by the way, the play calling I thought was off. He would turn around though, and he would jump up and he grabbed that ball with light and he had to squeeze his two feet into bounds and he would get it done. Seven receptions, 90 yards, 12.9 average, 23 long, 10 targets, seven receptions on 10 targets. But the play calling is horrific. When you have Deshaun Watson, just like if you have Josh Allen, these are massive quarterbacks, massive. Deshaun Watson's long, he's, he's strong, and he is one of the ultimate physiques you can have for a quarterback sneak. When it is third and one, you need to quarterback sneak with the two guys behind the quarterback, kind of like a, um, like a, a, a spike formation when they're going to spike the ball you got the two guys right behind the quarterback and then the running back in the backfield you qb sneak it with deshaun watson and those guys push him you'll see other teams do this and i've been saying that this should be the play on third and one for every team forever since 2004 i've been saying this and now it's a status quo just like i would say at the beginning of the game if you win the coin toss you should defer you should kick and then receive it at halftime now it's the status quo so we're like 20 years ahead of the game at brown's cast period but when it's third and one, you have that line with the two guys next to him, two bulldogs right behind him, big dudes. Put like New Joke back there. Um, and uh, I don't know, you put like Donovan people. Well, I would say put Chubb, put Kareem Hunt back there. He's a dog. It's fine. And you QB sneak it on third and one. If you don't get it, you can go for it again and QB sneak again. And if you do not get that, then guess what? You don't deserve the first down. And as a fan, I'm cool with that. That's fine. Turn the ball over. If you can't get one yard on two consecutive QB sneaks with Deshaun Watson being pushed by Nujoku on the backside, you deserve to turn the ball over. That's totally cool. But the fact that we don't call QB sneaks and we hand it off in some weird way or we like call a play where we like throw the ball where the wide receiver's on the sideline and can like barely get his two feet in, like just like the last play of the game too. Sure, there could have been pass interference on that, but he's giving the wide receivers a jump ball where they have to like corner their feet like inbounds where it has to be like a perfect pass. The play calling is terrible. You, I need to see QB sneaks on third and one like clockwork, 100%. They, the defense could know it's coming. And you go behind Joe Batonio, you cannot stop that play. And you're being pushed by the tight ends. You cannot just put Atkins behind there and Njoku, both tight ends line up, push Deshaun behind Batonio, third and one. You could do two plays in a row. That is a lock. It cannot fail. And if it fails, turn it over and we lose. Um, nobody's going to complain. So I'm sick of these, like, these third and one, third and short calls are terrible. And why during the Steelers, every throw was to the sideline where there was like an inch between the defender and the wide receiver and they had to jump and get it. What was that call all about? It had to be the margin of error was so small for that to work. It just seemed ridiculous. David Njoku had a good catch. Uh, he had a good play. He had four receptions for 48 yards. Um, Donald people, Jones, where you at, man? One catch, seven yards, four targets. Where you at? Uh, Harrison Bryant. Well, we know how that went. Deshaun Watson, two fumbles, two lost. 
Njoku, one fumble, one loss. Grant Delpit fumbled it. But by the way, he could have been Raw Dog of the Week. Grant Delpit is a dog. He's good. What a play. I mean, and then you see a run, you see uh, the Steelers uh, rushing the ball. Um, I think it was, was it Najee Harris or maybe Jalen Warren, who people are having a tough time tackling. And Delpit would come in and just tackle him on his own, open field tackle. Delpit, like no help, nothing. Just take him down the line of scrimmage. Unbelievable. I mean, Delpit is really sensational. Very good. Very good. Uh, he also led the team in tackles as well. That's why he could have been Raw Dog of the Week. But Amari Cooper was, I mean, the only reason Amari Cooper got it first is because when his name was called, when his number was called and he had to make that play, he made it. He made the play. Delpit, you know, as a defense, they gave up some really long passing plays and it kept getting worse and worse as, as time went on. But he did lead the team in tackles with uh, six tackles, four solo. Uh, pass deflected one. Uh, Denzel Ward uh, played fairly well, but did give up uh, you know a pretty big play here and there. By the way, when he went out of the game, that's true too. We hit, the injuries was ridiculous. Nick Chubb out, right? Then Newsom went out, right? Then Denzel Ward went out, and Denzel Ward went out because guess what? He got a concussion again. The guys had like. 25 concussions. He's going to have no brain cells when he's 35 years old, but that's not here nor there. He's here to give concussions for the people of Cleveland. And that's fine. Okay. When you make a hundred million dollars, you dedicate a concussion a week. That's fine. Long-term consequences. We don't want to talk about it. Not important. It's about winning the game. You play to win the game. So Denzel Ward had a concussion. What do you know? Uh, and then Newsom uh, hurt his arm. And, uh, you know, we'll see how that is. Uh, but by the way, in case you were wondering, Denzel Ward is back in practice from that, uh, uh, that injury, if you're going to call it that, from that concussion. Coach Kevin's fancy said Tuesday that Newsom elbow is day to day. That's from Zach Jackson of The Athletic, who reporting that. So we'll see. He's questionable now. So we'll see how he is. Very important. We need to. And then you saw Z also get hurt. Zadarius Smith also got hurt, which was a no contact uh, injury. He just was, was rushing from the left side and he like hurt his ankle or his knee. And that was, but he came back in, he came back in. So, uh, I think he's all right. Then you saw with miles Garrett, when he was rushing and got in the backfield, he was also limping afterwards, but then he just like came back the next play and was just rushing like crazy. Like he never even got hurt. So, but he was hurt for about a half a second for whatever that's worth. Um, you know, so Coming up with Tennessee, it's a it's a big test. They're solid, you know. They're middle of the pack team. They're they're just a, they're just a professional middle class NFL team. I don't know how else to say it. They're just a NFL team, just an average, strong team. Nothing special, just the Titans. I don't know how else to explain it. And so it's a good test, and we have to win. If we lose, you can basically throw the year into the gutter and probably guarantee us a top three pick in the draft. Or, well, we will finish top three, uh, one of the top three worst teams in the league. Uh, so, but all around, that offensive performance was really disgusting. And by the way, speaking of Nick Chubb, before that injury, he did have 10 carries for 64 yards, 6.4 yards a carry. He just gets seven yards a carry, no problem. It's really unbelievable to watch. And I'm going to miss him. I'm really going to miss him. So we pray for you, Nick. We love you, Nick. Um, but, um, we're going to have to move on without you. And we're going to have to play the season in honor of you. This Tennessee, this Titans game is massive. We must win this game. We must win this game. 
I don't know. It's the most important game because we either are going to lose the momentum for the year or we're going to say, you know what? We're doing this for you, Nick. And then we go for, on a three-game win streak. We have to win the next two games at home before going into the bye week. But we don't really have to win that fourth game, but we have to win this week because this is the first week, you know, you, you, you're losing your star player. You look terrible on national TV. Terrible. Deshaun Watson looked awful. And so we need to come together as a team and show Nick, we love you. And we're going to win for you at home in front of our fans. And we need to keep that home field advantage locked. Okay. We need to make it known that when you come into Cleveland to play some ball, you're going out with an L. Start the buses. Don't even show up. Just forfeit. Take another bye. Rest your players. Because when you come to Cleveland, the dog pound takes you down. That's the type of mentality we need, and that's the type of Ws we need. So if we can just win at home every game, I'm going to feel more and more confident. So if we, we need to win these next two games because they're both at home. But the next one in particular, this is the biggest game of the year. This will either shift momentum as being losers because we, we threw all the chips in this year, signing all these guys, you know, stacking the defense, getting Jim Schwartz, like Deshaun Watson. Like, this is it. This is the year. Now we lost Chubb, but there's still no excuses. And we got Kareem Hunt. Did he lose, you know, did he really lose a step or was he just pissed? And now he wants to, you know, really play. So, but Ford's going to start and we'll see how Kareem Hunt, you know, kind of moves into that, that RB2 role, but maybe he'll be, you know, a number one soon. Uh, maybe we'll see a lot more screens, which we're not really seeing in the offense. We're not seeing many sc- screens at all, but Kareem Hunt is perfect for that. He's got great hands. Uh, so it's going to be a big, big week. Deshaun Watson really needs to show that he can carry this team. He needs to show that he really is a three-time Pro Bowler, that he can go back and be that person that was fantastic prior to all those hand jobs. Very important. Very, very important. So we're going to break down some details. We'll break down some film uh, over the next couple of days. Uh, we'll preview the, the Titans game later in the week. Uh, and then obviously we'll do our pregame special as always. Uh, but it was a really nasty outing on Monday Night Football. It was very disappointing. Uh, it was just really gross to watch. I felt like I didn't shower for days. It was just nasty. It was so gross. Um, but um, I got faith. The team can come back and we can really straighten things out now. It's going to come down to the offense. And can the defense make adjustments to stop the Titans? So it's going to be interesting to see after we dominated the first week. The second week, they played well, but they gave us some big plays. I want to see how Schwartz brings us back from a defensive performance like that, where he did give up, you know, to Pickens, you know, some very long passes. Uh, later in the game. I want to see what he does and if they can rebound from that, it's going to be a very good test for the defense and uh, for the offense going against that Tennessee defense is definitely a good test coached by variable, very solid, good linebackers, good uh, defensive line. Uh, It's going to be a great test. And if Watson's turning the ball over, you know, two, three times a game, I said that in the previous podcast uh, uh, leading up to the Steelers game, we will lose based on Watson turning the ball over. If Watson has zero turnovers, we win. We probably win. We only lose by Watson turning the ball over. Really, the Brown, just turning the ball over, period. But Watson specifically. So you can basically book wins if we have no turnovers. And if we have a bunch of turnovers and interceptions and fumbles lost, you could book losses. We lost because of those turnovers. I mean, for sure. Fumble return for a touchdown. Pick return for a touchdown. That's 14 points right there. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. For how atrocious the offense was, if they could have just held on to the ball and not turned it over, we would have won that game. 
but uh, it was real. Even with all the injuries, we would have won that game. Um, you know, I thought that the defensive line would get in there more. They didn't. Uh, Dewan Jones. I mean, he went against T.J. Watt, which T.J. Watt is a freak show. Man, is he good? He's he's the best. He's he's better than Bosa. I mean, my God, he's a he's so good. He is so good. He's gonna get like thirty six sacks this season. He is phenomenal. But you know, as a rookie, and it's, I didn't think he totally blew it. Tawan Jones, I think he did fine. He did fine. You know, as a rookie against the best player, and you're going against the best uh, end in the league. I think he held his own fairly well. Uh, you know, gave us some plays, but you're going to give up some plays. But uh, he did okay. You know, the PFF ratings won't show that. They'll say that he stinks. But if you watched it, you know, it was okay. It was really Jed Wills that really ruined it. Jed Wills looks terrible. Awful. In fact, next year, we're probably going to be in the market for a left tackle. Absolutely terrible. Probably the worst performance on the team. Even worse than Deshaun Watson. Jedrick Wills is not good. And he's blowing it. He's literally, he's, he's people, they know how to trick him. There's reads on him. A guy comes untouched off the end and just sacks Watson. And then Watson, you know, tries to scramble, but they're not on the same page. So he steps, you know, up into the pocket and then gets sacked. So Jed Wills really needs to figure out what's going on because he doesn't look very good. Uh, in fact, he's my biggest concern of the team. Yes, we had a couple holes on the center and stuff like that. But there's no question that Jed Wills is uh, an issue that uh, needs to be fixed. Absolutely. Um, so what else? Any, any other big things we want to get into on this analysis? Um, overall, it's going to come down to next week and how we recover from losing not only our best player and the soul of our team, but from a really horrible performance on national TV where our offense was embarrassed and the defense didn't look phenomenal like they should have. So what are we going to do? What can we control? We can control ourselves. We can control how we perform on offense, how we perform on defense. We can't control Tennessee, but if we show up on offense and then we just dominate on defense like we should and the, the D-backs are healthy, you know, New, let's say Newsom's healthy, let's say Ward's healthy and they can play ball. I want to see how they come back from adversity because that is how you become a championship team. When you have a down week and then the next week you're able to come back and be a champion, that's the test of a winner. Will we pass that test? That's yet to be seen. But there's reasons to be hopeful given the horrible Monday night football performance at Pittsburgh, which was absolutely embarrassing. Chalk it up to trauma from Nick Chubb. And, um, and let's see where we take it from here. It's going to be up to the boys, baby. Dog pound, raw dog of the week. Congratulations, Amari Cooper. We're proud of you. Um, we're going to get more this week. Thank you for listening to the Browns cast. We'll be back tomorrow.